Welcome to the Savvy Homeschool Moms Podcast, episode number five. In this episode, the moms talk about memorizing math facts, delayed versus structured preschool, encouraging special needs children to read, and Tina reviews math mammal. <laughs> Honey, where's my glasses? Why is a dog wearing a tutu? Honey, is this one of your science projects in the fridge? I'm Tina. I'm Becky. And And we're we're the Savvy Homeschool Moms. So, Becky, how did your week go? Well, you know, it was, uh, once again, it was kind of a rough week. (laughs) Um, As you might be able to hear in my voice, I've been a little bit ill this week. Um, I thought originally that I had the flu, but I'm thinking now I might have just had a migraine and a really bad cold. Hmm. And thankfully, I'm on the tail end of it now and starting to get a little bit better. So um, life is getting back into motion again. But um, I spent the the past week um, when I was able to be out of bed filing away all of the 2011 and 2012 school papers. I don't know about your kids. My kids generate so much paper, (laughs) so much paper. It's like, you know, one year's worth of schoolwork, if I kept all of it, it would just, because I mean, like, I'm like public school kids, so I assume that the school keeps some of their stuff. We have all of their stuff, every scrap of paper they create. So what I try to do is I try to, you know, at some point during the year, find a really good box. Mm -hmm. And then um, all the papers go into the really good box. All the ones that don't get turned over to the charter go into the really good box. And then at the end of the year, I tape the really good box closed and I label it with the year and I put it in the attic. Smart. Yeah, well, I think that way, you know, if not that it's ever going to happen, because goodness, we were part of a charter who's going to come check up on us. But, you right. know, if someone ever does, I can say, well, this is what they did in this grade and this grade and this grade, and I can just show them everything they've done. It's very organized. Well, I try. <laughs> so you. <laughs> but... But the problem with that is that's just like the worksheet kind of papers. You know, that's mm-hmm. just the stories they write right. and stuff. But in addition to that, they come up with you know, these art projects. Oh, yes. So much art projects. Danielle, yep. in fact, this year had a – she took a fine art class. So she came up with even more art papers than usual. And so now I'm trying to figure out what to do with all of those. So my current thought is I'm going to take them. I'm going to sort them into four piles. One pile is a pile I'm going to keep. I'll put it away in the attic with her fourth grade work and Jack's kindergarten work. One pile for each of the grandparents. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and then one pile of stuff that's just meh, so-so. And yeah. it probably can go in the recycle bin. Right. But it's going to be difficult, I think. Oh, I hear you. I have, I might, both of my kids are just very, very prolific with their art, especially Maven. So I am constantly having that pro problem and uh, actually I started a board on Pinterest for um, displaying children's art ideas. Oh that's great I'll have so, to check that out. Yeah it's uh, my username on Pinterest is Tina Mama Tina M-A-M-A so it's just Pinterest.com slash Tina Mama and there's a board on there that's um, creative I think it's something like creative ways to display kids art or something like that because I'm constantly trying to think of what to do with all this stuff I have so I, I could get like get a whole storage unit just for the art exactly I, I have a clothesline uh, that I put up on the wall uh, on the back wall of where we do our schoolwork, and I, I try to rotate the stuff out there you know that the kids do hang stuff up there but yeah even that I mean that, that only displays like three or four pieces at a yeah. time. Yeah. Well, I have like a fishing line along the ceiling in our, um, what we call the big room. It's our garage conversion and um, I have an art area in it. And um, But at, 
I wasn't thinking when I did it because it's so high up there. Uh-huh. I, like when I first put it up, I filled it up. But like, darn if I'd ever find the time to grab a ladder and go up and swap <laughs> them out. I'm like, it looks great. But, you know, and we still have artwork up all around in that room from, was it two years ago when Maven had an art party for her birthday? And we put up a whole bunch of her old art just to yeah. fill up all the spaces. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I need to go through and just rotate it all out. And I still have in my in my living room, I, at one point years ago, started stapling the kids' artwork to the wall. And it's like a collage all across the one whole wall. And it's old stuff now, and it's all <laughs> stapled. And my husband's mad that I made all these staple holes in the wall. And <laughs> oh, well. I, a little toothpaste. You'll never even notice it. Uh, oh, toothpaste. I never thought of that. That's yeah, a good idea. You use white toothpaste, and you just use it to fill in the holes it works better it's easier to get a hold of and it works better than spackle just wow fill in the holes and then paint over it i never knew that you're a wealth wealth of info i am right (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) yeah so i hear you with the art projects especially the hardest ones i think are the sculptures what to do with all the sculptures right right danielle makes dioramas and things Mm. and like she made an entire three three three-dimensional city with roads and everything that's so cool what do you do with it i know i know I can't fold it. I, I don't I know. know what to do. <laughs> well, I've been trying to tell my kids for some of this stuff, we take we take lots of pictures. So we take lots of pictures and sometimes they're willing to part with it once we've taken a bunch of really good pictures of it. So then we have evidence of it. Um, obviously, some of the stuff they're more attached to or we wait. Sometimes we wait like a year and they're ready to get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. But I still don't have a good system for rotating it all out. I end up throwing a, a lot of it in the boxes. And, but as we go, when I find stuff around the house, it's like laying on the floor or whatever. I'll save the ones that I think are more precious and the other ones go into the recycling bin. It's all you can do, man. It's just, it's like a snowstorm. Oh, I know. I think I throw away as much as we keep. I seriously throw out so much and yet we still have so much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Crazy. But it's all good. It's all good. Remember that whole process versus product thing. You know? Yes. <laughs> it's the actual process of doing it. I just wish they didn't use so much paper. Actually, that's one of the reasons why we started doing sketchbooks. Because I'm like, you know, it's it would be nice if you'd have it all in one place and then it's not all over the house anymore, like laying on the floor and on desks and every surface. So Exactly. We, yeah. So Santa brought um, sketch pads last year. I was so happy. So, um, or sketchbooks like the spiral bound ones. Oh, right, right. Yeah. I, I just brought some of those home for the kids the other day. Um, big, big drawing pads. And, yeah. and so far the paper has sort of been staying in there. Some of it is migrated out already. Oh yeah. But most <laughs> yeah. of it is staying I keep in trying there. to remind them, go put that, if you're going to draw, go, go get your sketchbook. So Tieran even has gotten into it. I, I don't think Tieran actually would have been into art as much if it wasn't for his sister being so, I mean, she's been drawing since she was like two, she was drawing happy faces and she's been yeah. like seriously drawing, um, just, major majorly prolific in fact when we um for those who don't know we actually lost a baby when maven was about three and um tons of artwork from that we were just talking about it today maven and i um from that period of time was so therapeutic for her she drew Mm -hmm. tons of pictures of angel babies and people crying and uh, just tons of artwork and so that's obviously very special artwork to us of course oh yeah so yeah I mean she's it's just she draws like when I go and write in my journal for her it would be going and drawing she's like all about drawing and she's very proud of it and the only time that she'll speak up in her classes at the charter school um, is when it's about her art 
<laughs> Otherwise, she will not speak. They have like a, they had like a circle time where you go around and you share something you're happy with that week or whatever. Never, not a word out of her. Does not want to speak up. But if you get her into the art class and have her showing a piece of artwork, she'll get up and tell you everything about it. <laughs> so, yeah, art is that's a big fantastic. Deal. Yeah. See, we have completely the opposite here. Danielle is the artist just like Maven is. She draws mm-hmm. and, and makes things all the time. And Jack just recently started drawing. Like it mm-hmm. was like a big milestone when he started drawing things because yeah. he would never, he wanted his sister to draw everything for him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she, most of the time she would. So, you know, <laughs> he never really drew stuff on his own. So it's been like a huge milestone moving forward of having Jack yeah. actually starting to draw things on his own. Oh, right. Speak of the devil. Speak of the devil, and you shall <laughs> laugh in the background. There By the go. way, listeners, we are recording this show at home with our <laughs> <Yeah>. children. <laughs> A little atmosphere there. <laughs> How funny. It happens, it happens. Oh, sure. I think it's more realistic. <laughs> My kids are often in the other room right now with Daddy. He's keep trying to keep them entertained. Although well, I still hear him banging around in the kitchen. <laughs> strangely enough, mine are playing Minecraft. Can you believe oh, it? Gee, imagine that. <laughs> How funny. On a 100 degree Saturday afternoon? Oh, yeah, really. <laughs> My week was uh, not as organized as yours. <laughs> I, was, I, think, I don't think we really got much of anything done this week, except that uh, just trying to stay cool. And we didn't really venture out of the house very often. But when we did, um, we went out and went swimming at a friend's because we're hitting the triple digits here again. So, yep. blech. But uh, but I have noticed that Maven has been reading a whole heck of a lot more. She went through like three books in the like week last maybe two weeks I guess. She's read three complete chapter books. The finished I think I mentioned that she finished the Wolves of the Beyond, but she's also picking up some other books now that she um, that she has read in the past. She picks up books and rereads them just like I do. I love it. <laughs> she like has these really great books that she just keeps going back to you and so I mm-hmm. when I walk into a room and I just see her curled up on the couch with a with a book it just does my heart so good <laughs> I love it she's I was a huge bookworm when I was a kid and I really just I couldn't get enough I know you said you you were like that too and still are right oh yeah definitely oh and it's just such a good feeling so I really wanted that for her so I was really I'm always happy when I see her Mm-hmm. curled up with the book and Tieran's not there yet but he will be he's he's getting there he's he's reading really well now so fantastic but you know we've been watching more tv I figure it's summer what the heck you know we don't watch a ton of tv during the week um I mean during the regular school year well we do watch some but it's only pbs we only watch pbs and then dvds and netflix so and almost always it's educational stuff but but I was gonna say that I every time my kids watch Curious George Martha Speaks and <laughs> Word Girl I've, I used to always count that as school time so I'm going as I watch the kids watching it during the summer I'm going well they're still getting that education going there <laughs> you know Martha Speaks and Word Girl um if if any of you any of you guys out there have never watched these shows on PBS they're awesome um both Martha Speaks and Word Girl are vocabulary shows um that teach kids all kinds of great words and Tieran's been saying stuff for the last I think it's about about two or three years and uh he's coming up with all kinds of words when he was like four he told me mom it's sweltering today I'm oh like, that's fantastic sweltering i'm like where'd you get that he says martha <laughs> so it's so funny really cute though but but the one thing that i think we have gotten accomplished um this last week is we're staying pretty much for the most part and there goes my phone <laughs> apparently didn't mute my phone 
Uh, <laughs> we've stayed on track with um with math. I'm like shocked. I've got That's it all great. organized. I get up and Maven's like working on her math sheets so that she can get an extra hour on the computer. And, well, she gets up her first thing. I think I've mentioned she gets up first thing in the morning and does all her chores and she gets an hour on the computer for doing her chores. So then she's now doing math on top of that to be able to get another hour on the computer. So um, it's been very exciting. Um, and she's staying almost completely on track with that. It was, I think, the last day we, we got off track, but we're going to do that over the weekend. So we'll be still on track with uh, what I had organized for us to get done every, you know, a certain amount each week to get done. We're just about on track still. So hopefully awesome. I'm not jinxing us. But um, but the one thing that uh, we've come back to, we, we started memorizing times tables. Well, not me, but her. <laughs> <laughs> with her. Um you know, months ago and never, and we got completely off track and never got back to it again. And so I'm determined this summer to have her, have all of her times tables memorized. Um, and I've talked to her about how, I, how important I think it is and how you can do math so much faster. And um, so, and I'm not one for just memorizing things, but I think that's one of those things you have to memorize. Right. <laughs> you right. can't get away without it. And seriously, we use it like every day practically. So, mm-hmm. So anyway, I was going to ask you if you had any uh, any things that um, that has worked for you for times tables because we have tried just about everything, mm-hmm. and so far I'm going back to flashcards. I swore I'd never do flashcards, but you know what? I'm just like just going back to the bare basics. I'm like, all right, that's it. We got to sit down. We just got to do this because none of the games have worked for her or any other creative ideas for doing times tables. So. Did you have anything special that you did with Danielle? No, you said you guys are still working on it. Too, we're right? st- we're really still working on it. Um, a lot of it, she we we started out doing because you know we were with the charter and everything. We started out doing those timed times table tests. Oh, that would give Maven a um um a, what do you call it? anxiety attack? Yeah, I, I think we made <laughs> panic it attack three. I, I think that was <laughs> it because um, I remembered it at her age. Well, actually, I was older than her doing them. Like I think we did them in like fifth grade or something. I don't think we were doing them in fourth. But mm-hmm. um, oh, well, it's changed. Oh yeah, a lot. Gets bumped earlier. I think so too. Um, and they became just too stressful. So then we started oh, sure. just doing them without timing and just sitting down and going over them. And I would have her do the ones that she knew well first and then go back and do the ones that she didn't know as well, hoping mm-hmm. that that by doing the ones she knew well first, it would give her confidence to do the yeah, others. Yeah, oh, absolutely. That, that worked to a, a reasonable degree. She knows a lot of her times tables, but she still falls back on using her fingers. Mm-hmm. And um, But I do too sometimes, so, you know, yeah. I'm, for, I'm 40, and I still sometimes have to think about what 6 times 7 is. So Yeah, oh, I know. I doubt myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Um, yeah. I did, for a little while, I was teaching her this... Um, this finger this way of doing it with your fingers right and um that worked really well for a little while but i think it's probably fallen out of her head by now right because um, we didn't stick with it because um honestly it didn't seem like anything we needed um i know that memorizing the multiplication tables is really important mm-hmm. but i also know that i didn't have them memorized by the time i was her age and right. so and, and i mostly have them memorized now so at some point between her age and now i was able to do it and i'm guessing yeah. that at some point between her age and my age she'll be able to do it as well right right so you yeah know. well we've uh, we're, we've gone into division now she actually the the i think i've mentioned before that she's not on grade level my daughter's 11 and a half and she's so she just finished fifth grade and she's not on grade level with math mainly because I didn't stay, I didn't stick with anyone. I actually bounced around to a bunch of different math curriculums for a while. And, and that's why she's not, 
she's not where I want her to be. I know I've mentioned I don't I don't really necessarily feel that she needs to be on grade level, but I would be okay with her being like one grade behind, and she's about two grades behind right now in math. So mm-hmm. we we just she just last week started division, which actually was a piece of cake for her. She totally got it like instantly. So I'm a real firm believer in 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 later academics because it seems to keep happening this way with her. Like I didn't introduce some things earlier, and she's the kind of kid that would stress out if it's really like she's she doesn't she's not up for a challenge very much uh-huh. when it comes to the, anything new she fights it and um it freaks her out and she gets frustrated really easily so i found that when i introduce her to concepts later when she's older and it's able to process quicker in her head she doesn't get as stressed about it so it was it was kind of exciting to see that division was no big deal for her because she was like totally understood it and i kept telling her before we even did it it's just like, you know, subtraction is like the opposite of div- of addition. Division is like the opposite of multiplication, and she understands multiplication. So, But we hadn't done it, so I was kind of wondering how that would go, and it's, it's gone fine. She's like whizzing through it on her own. But it did come up, the, the, the times tables came up, because one of the things it said in the beginning of the, the chapter was that they really need to have a good handle on multiplication for this to work well and I can see why you'd need to obviously Uh she hasn't had a lot of the numbers I mean she's got like you know the simple ones she's got obviously zeros ones twos and she knows her tens and elevens because those are super easy but the rest she knows some but she doesn't know all of them some of the twelves she knows because she knows the other ones and such but but yeah so um she's been doing addition in her head and I'm like well no we need to memorize this so I just printed up a um, times table from the internet uh-huh. So she uses that as a cheat sheet, basically. And um, and what I was thinking, and it seems to be working because I was asking her about it the other day, was um, that the more that she's looking it up, the more that she's going to become familiar with the numbers. Uh-huh. And it seems to be true. She says she has noticed that some of them she doesn't always have to look up anymore because she's she's remembering, oh, that's right, you know, that number is whatever, you know, four times mm-hmm. five or whatever. So, um, so that's kind of helping, but I know that we still, we still need to do the drilling. So I went ahead and found some, some free flashcards online and printed them up and laminated them. I'm kind of funky with the laminator. I have to laminate everything. <laughs> <laughs> I love my laminator. So <laughs> like, I love my laminator too. Yeah, I'm a big it's fan. Awesome. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't buy one sooner. It was like 20 or 25 bucks at Target, I think. I got mine like, yeah, for 18 something shipped <laughs> yeah. from Amazon. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's so awesome. And then like Target has discount or very cheap sheets and the sheets are usually the really expensive part. Exactly. But, um, but they're really cheap. You can get a big old box at Target for for, I don't remember how much, but I remember thinking it was really cheap. But um, so yeah, so I haven't started. I I gave her the flashcards. I just gave her the ones that I wanted her to work on one at a time, mm-hmm. and I gave her the numbers that I wanted her to work on. And she hasn't done much on it yet, but we're we'll get to that. I haven't really worried too much about that yet. But I'm, that's on my list of things to really sit down and start structuring on Monday. Like, okay, now I want you to spend five minutes on those cards. So um. And then, of course, I'll bribe her with time on the computer to help. Right, of course. <laughs> but, um, but you were talking about fingers, and um, that made me think of, um, I know the ones that, the you had sent me a link to the one, we'll have to put it in, in the show notes, to the one that you're talking about, because yours was very different than the one that I have a book for, and it's actually called Finger Math, although I have noticed, like, on YouTube, there's lots, like, if you Google Finger Math, or you go on YouTube and do Finger Math, there's lots of different techniques. Uh-huh. Um, but the one I found that I actually have a book on is, it, the book is actually called called finger math and um and then one of the moms that i hang out with 
was saying that sounded like Chisenbop. And I'm like, bless you. <laughs> I don't know what the heck that right? was. <laughs> I, I like, made that, that sound earlier, actually. I, <laughs> I was like, well, what the heck is that? I'd never heard that before. So then when I went on um, earlier today, I was Googling and finger math and Chisenbop came up. And I was like, all right, so apparently it's a name. I think it must be a guy's name or something. I didn't read it very much. But I have a link that I put in the show notes that I that talks about what finger math is. But um, uh, the thing that I really, really like about this finger math is that it's based on, uh, actually, they don't know if it's based on the abacus or if the abacus is based on the finger math, because apparently this isn't anything super new. But um, if anybody's familiar with abacuses, have you guys worked with abacuses at all? No, we haven't. Oh, I love using abacus. Well, the one that we got with Right Start Math, which was the first math program that I used, um, which is a fabulous math program based on Montessori. Um, but I ended up gravitating away from it just cause it was a lot more teacher intensive. I needed to do a lot of work for it and it just wasn't happening. So uh-huh. I needed something that was more self driven, you know, didn't need me standing there telling him what to do. So, um, but anyway, uh, they have a special abacus for that and the, and it, but it's, and it's a different one than the typical Asian abacus. And there's actually, um, a variety of, typical Asian abacuses, but the one that I learned, because I actually, for those who don't know, I actually, when I, I grew up in the Navy and I actually lived in Okinawa for three years when I was in seventh, eighth, and ninth grade, and I learned how to use an abacus when I was over there. And it's so cool. It makes math really fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the finger math is based on the same concept as this abacus, which from what I've Googled, the abacus that I used was called, I think it's called a Soraban, 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 I think it would be called. Um, and, um, so basically your right hand is the ones and your left hand is the tens. And so if you look at like each one of your fingers and you count, um, and the, and you have to do it in a certain order, but anyway, basically you do one, two, three, four, and, and then, then your thumb is five. And th- so you can count up to nine on your right hand and mm-hmm. you'd have to Google this to see it in action. Cause obviously I can't show you right now, <laughs> but basically, you know, you do your pointer finger is one and then your middle finger is two with those two now down. And then your third finger, you press, you press them. Um, and if you were on the abacus, you'd be lifting the, the beads. And then, and then after you get to the fourth one, then you, when you put your thumb down, you lift your top, your, your other four fingers. And so that's five. And then you put a, a point your pointer finger down with your thumb is six and so on and then on your left hand your thumb is 50 and each one of your fingers is 10 and it's the same kind of thing as as with an abacus because the abacus has the beads on the top are the fives uh-huh. and um and the beads on the bottom are the ones or the 10 you know as you go left it's tens hundreds thousands that kind of thing so i haven't gotten very far in the book so i'll have to talk more about it later because i didn't get very far at all with it and i'm but it's it's so cool because you can do you're supposed to be able to do addition subtraction multiplication and division um with your fingers in a different way than the way that you you were learning um from the videos that you showed me um Uh so so there's another possibility for anybody out there who wants a different way of doing math so um but uh so that's one thing that i'm actually going to be pursuing over the summer as well as the multiplication tables so oh one thing we'd love to hear is if any of our listeners have any good things that they've used for um, working on times tables too yes we, we would absolutely love to hear about those and um you know if we if you have anything you'd like to share with us, please feel free to uh, write in or call in and we'll let you know how to do that. And uh, we'd love to hear all about it. Yes. And actually you can email us at moms at savvy homeschool moms.com. 
or visit us on the web at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com. Excellent. Thank you, um, Tina. Yes. <laughs> oh, and then actually I was going to mention also uh, the couple of games that I did find that didn't work for my kids at the time when I introduced it, but might work for other kids, is this really fabulous game, Times Attack, um, which I was talking to you about earlier. Um, oh, yeah. Anyway, it's awesome. It's like this major high-tech, quality, high-quality video game. And you're doing math. You're doing it's it's basically um, drilling them in the times tables, and it also does division. And last Christmas they came out. Actually, yeah, I think it was la- it was the last Christmas or Christmas before they finally came out with addition and subtraction as well. So they have all four of the main concepts, and um, and it's really really fun. And you can actually get it for free. But the thing is that if you want more variety, because what happens as you advance along, if you have the paid version, is that it has more settings. So, like, you may be in a jungle for part of it, and then, like, as you advance to the next level, you'll be end up in a castle, or you'll end up in a forest, or something like that. But whereas in the free version, you don't have as many environments. But it ha- it does go through all the same, the same concepts for free. So you don't have to buy it if you don't want to. But anyway, I highly recommend it if you have a child who is not intimidated by a timer. Because that is the reason it hasn't worked for my kids. So my kids have this real hang-up about being timed. It Maven, like, you know, she she goes into panic when she watches uh-huh. the timer going down. So I, I actually called the company and asked them, was there any way to turn the timer off? And they said, no, that, that, was, that was part of, that was something that they didn't think that they'd be changing. And I think that's really a shame because I think that there's probably a lot of kids out there that would probably learn more from the game. Or would actually be able to play the game if they yeah, didn't exactly. have a timer on it, you know. So, But for those kids who are not intimidated by a timer, it's a fabulous game. And so. you can find it at Big Brains, that's brains with a Z, oh, there dot you go. com. There you go. Thank you. I knew it was on there somewhere. And then I'm going to, later when I get a chance to look on my phone, I'll, I'll post some of the iPhone apps that we've tried that I thought were really cool. But Maven just can't seem to stick with any of those games. None of those games, like, really seriously appeal to her, so... Um, and then there's another website. Well, I can't find it right now, so I will have to go and um, look for it on my time, and, and I'll put it in the show notes as soon as I find it. But there's another really good website that was, basically, it was like digital flashcards, and at times the kids, and um, uh, which is why my kids ended up not liking it, of course. <laughs> but it, it actually, I think it seems like it counted up instead of down. Yeah, uh-huh. it did. And I tried to really play that up. Um and then what it does is like you you they they count and you get a smiley face if you um do it before 8 seconds I think it is and then you it shows you how many smiley faces. it's a lot less intimidating but my kids still had a hard time with it but I think I may actually pressure them into doing it again because it it really does help cuz you can see as it tracks how much better they're getting at and then as they advance it'll have add harder and harder things in there so and it goes from you know, simple addition and subtraction up into once they progress past that, then they get into multiplication and division. And, um, and I actually found that on the balancing everything.com blog at one point she had posted that it's helped her, her kids and herself get better at math. Oh wow! <laughs> so we tried it out at one point. It has a really simple domain name and I can't remember it right now and I can't seem to find it real quick. So I'm, I'll dig it up later. Um, but anyway, that's another one that was really good that I think I'm going to actually drag out again and, and, push maven and 
give her maybe I'll bribe her with M and M's or something. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, sometimes M and M's are the way to go. <laughs> she was just saying just the other day that we should do math with M and M's, and I'm like, really? She's like, you know, add four plus six, and oh, this one I get to eat. <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, maybe. Who knows? Um, oh, and then one other thing that I absolutely adore is um, we did the right start math. Um, curriculum, which I really like. Like I said, though, it was a little too teacher intensive for me, but they sell, and you could buy it on its own, a math game book. And it basically just, they sell cards that you can use for it, but basically you can just use any deck of cards. Numbers, is you just need the numbers. You can make your own even. Um, and it tells you how to do things like um, Tiran was working on the numbers that add up to 10. And so what you do is you have, um, you play Go Fish, or Old uh-huh. Maid, or Memory. All of those games where you're get, trying to get matches, you can do it where the matches, so like if you have a four, you have the match would be a six, because it adds up to ten. So like he'll say, you know, maybe he has a seven in his hand, and he'll ask me, do you have a number three? And I'll say yes or no, and they changed the name to go to the dump, but it's basically go fish. <laughs> <laughs> they just probably copyright infringement it's why they named. I can't imagine there would be copyright infringement <laughs> I know on go, go fish, fish you would think but they changed it to say go to the dump but um which is bizarre yeah. but it really really works we have done I did it with Maven when she was younger too and it helped her learn because those numbers that add up to 10 are really important oh, to know no I just meant the name was bizarre not the oh I know I know concept. oh no no I know <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> um concept but, sounds fantastic no it is and and you know any game that you can think of that that you know you're matching you would just put the numbers in instead and just say, you know, so a one would match with a nine and a three with a seven and a six with a four and so on. Yeah. So, yeah, it works great. And it's a fun way to do it. And Tyrion absolutely loves it. And he's, you know, and really, like, if you're working on the numbers that are up to eight, you could do it that way, too. Uh-huh. You know, you could do it with anything. Um, if, whatever you're working on, if you're working on the numbers that add up to, you know, six or whatever you know you can you can have those be the matches one and five and you know well, you could so. even do with subtraction you could say sure. i you know want cards that add up to eight and then you could do a nine and a one because nine minus one right the bigger one would be the one yeah you subtract the little one from the big one yeah that's true you could you could totally and that's probably in the book too we just i haven't i haven't uh explored the book fully yet but those are the games that really like immediately jumped out at me when and we've used them quite a lot um is this matching games and wow it's it's awesome and then the game is uh, i mean the book has tons of other games that i haven't even looked at yet and they're all i think they're all card games i believe um so although there may be some other i know there was one that was like a kind of like a board game where you print up the page that's like the board and then you use whatever pennies or something to jump different squares or whatever but Mm -hmm. anyway that book you can buy you don't have to buy the curriculum you can go on their website which is alabacus.com that's the curriculum that used the abacus um and uh, and you can find the games book, math games book, and it's really fabulous. I can't say enough about it. Excellent. In fact, I'm going to be digging that out again and doing more with Maven on it because it, it's divided by different concepts, so you can go straight to the section that you whatever you're working on. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's really really good. So anyway, um, let's see. So we were going to also answer some more of Jonathan Edge, Jonathan Edge's questions on Twitter. Yes. Last week we mentioned that he also wanted to know about the focus of early homeschooling. And he said repetitive basics versus creativity and freedom. And what we took that to mean, I think, you know, Becky and I were talking about this. We think maybe what he means is like rote, structured learning from the early, in the early years versus 
more, I guess, like an unschooling approach. Right. So I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about, uh, assuming that we're interpreting this correctly, and Jonathan, if we're interpreting it wrong, just feel free to tweet us again and and, and uh, clarify what, what it is that you were looking for. Um, but maybe we can talk a little bit about what we did with our kids when our kids were toddlers and preschool aged. Because I know that you had more of a structured approach and mine was a little bit more... Um, I guess, sort of an unschooling approach. Yeah. So did you want to talk about what you did with your, well, your little guy's still, well, no, he's, how old is he now? He's six now. He's so six. He's, yeah. He's out he, of the preschool. He just finished older. kindergarten. Right. But um, my experience with Jack is a lot different than what most people's experience with a preschooler would be because mm-hmm. of his severe language delay. Mm-hmm. Um, 99% of the time that would have been spent on learning our ABCs and those kinds of things were spent learning how to form letters and things with our lips and tongues and things. So oh, right. I, I don't usually, like when I talk about stuff like that, I don't usually talk about what I did with Jack. I usually talk more about what I did with Danielle um, because she's, you know, definitely more neurotypical. Yes. And so therefore, like most, you know, more like most preschoolers um it was a long time ago now that i sit and think about it <laughs> no it does seem like ages ago for the older son. Huh? <laughs> yeah um but with danielle um i started out because she was very interested um mm-hmm. she was very interested in um, learning to write and learning her numbers and learning her letters and things and so um i started out buying her you know those brightly colored sesame street workbooks oh yes and things and her and I would sit on the couch and work on the little Sesame Street workbooks and things and um, that's how she really learned her ABCs and her one two threes was mm-hmm. you know um, doing the little workbooks and flashcard we did flashcards <laughs> and but I did it because she enjoyed it right oh ab- absolutely yeah if at any time she had ever expressed that she wasn't having a good time doing it I probably would have stopped but she yeah, really I can't was imagine that you would <laughs> I'm going to force her. I'm going to yeah, put her in a, no. I'm going to duct tape her to a chair and make her look at fash cards. No, I don't see you ever doing that. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, now though, when she complains about not liking her math, I'm like, well, you got to finish it. But you right. know, it's different well, now when they're older. Exactly. But yeah. back then, um, it was all because she enjoyed doing it. And, um, so it was a little more structured. We spent our morning time, you know, um, watching PBS and then working in workbooks and that kind of thing and reading books together and, mm-hmm. and well, looking at pictures together um, and mommy telling stories. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think I've mentioned it on the podcast um, previously, but I have dyslexia. So reading out loud is not the easiest thing for me in the world, mm-hmm. but it was cool when she was little because I could show her the pictures and I could tell her a story that was like <laughs> the story in the book and she right. didn't know the difference. But now that she's old enough to, that she can read on her own, and she's like, Mom, that's not what it says in the book. I'm like, I know, I know, I know. I'm working on it, okay? I don't have this book memorized yet. Give me a bit. And that was the other thing, too. As long as I had the book memorized, it wasn't so bad. So Right, right. But um, it, it was it was good because it was, you know, a special time that her and I had to connect together because our, she was three when Jack was born. So, uh-huh. you know, we did, the, you know, stuff during Jack's nap time or while Jack was nursing or something. And it was just like her and me time to work on stuff. Mm-hmm. So whereas it was kind of structured, there were workbooks and flashcards and pencils and stickers and all the kind of school stuff. Um, it still was very relaxed and very, right. you know, calm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, it was good, though. I, I think that sure. really helped a lot when we started kindergarten that she already knew a lot of the stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. But you you did a, a much more relaxed way. I did. I um. Well, I uh, I've always had a very relaxed mindset. Or, or I'm, well, I guess I'd say 
non-academic view of early childhood. Um, that's just the philosophy I'm coming from. And um, although I can definitely see how it absolutely works for some people to be more structured. That wasn't where I was coming from. So I, I've always, I always knew that I wasn't going to do anything structured until they got at least to kindergarten. And actually once we got to kindergarten aged, um, there's still so little. I, you know, back when she was a baby, I thought, oh, well, she'll be, she'll be so, I was so excited to start school in kindergarten, you know, <laughs> by the time she got to kindergarten age, you know, cause, and Maven has a November birthday. So I started thinking about it at four she, you know, she was four going on five when the school year started. And I was just like, there's just no way. Like if I was going to put her in school, which I knew I wasn't, I, I've known since before she was conceived that she was going to be homeschooled. Um, <laughs> I knew that there was no way I would have put her in school at that age. I was in school at that age. I have a November birthday and so does my husband. And both yep. of us started kindergarten at four. Yep, me too. Did, oh, that's right. You have November birthday too. I forgot. I yeah. I started, uh, I started when I was four. Yeah. I graduated yeah. from high school when I was 17. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. yeah so I was always younger than everybody else. Yeah. It sucked. Huh? Yeah. It did. So I always figured, and, and maturity wise, I knew that like, if I had been sticking her in school, she wouldn't have been ready at four. My daughter is, is very much more um, prone to emotional outbursts than I was and whatnot. <laughs> so I knew that she just wouldn't have been ready. And then, and then when she reached five, I was just like, she's still such a baby. I mean, she's just, five is so little. I have a six-year-old going on seven-year-old now and, and five just seems so little, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, you know, I really didn't, I really wasn't interested in intro introducing academics that early. I, I, I have a strong, um, strong belief in play being the, and I know that you believe this too, <laughs> the play is the most important thing with little Absolutely. kids. Absolutely. You know, um, so I was just like, you know what, she's learning and we've always had play groups and friends that we hung out with. I've always, since she was first born, actually I started going to La Leche League meetings when she was in utero and <laughs> continued. That was my play group for a while until I started the, the local attachment pairing group and then that was my play. So she was always around other kids. We were always playing and I was around other moms and I think I would have survived infancy if I hadn't had other moms around yeah, exactly. me. <laughs> and still, to this day, I don't think I would survive homeschooling without having lots of other people to talk to and hang out with and whatnot. Because um, I'm a real social person, as you are too. I, I am. <laughs> and um, so anyway, I, I, I made it an actual conscious decision at kindergarten age that I was not going to do a whole lot. Like, I just thought I, my my feeling was I'm just going to teach her how to read if she does nothing else in kindergarten but learn how to read like partially learn how to read because I knew she was probably not going to get all the way to the point where she's reading chapter books although some kids can at five but Absolutely. I knew that she wasn't she's not you know she's not um advanced to that level I knew she I, you know you can you know your kid you know if they're advanced or not there <laughs> there's some kids that are picking up stuff at three you know <laughs> yeah she wasn't so I knew that and she wasn't behind either but she was just kind of she's always been kind of on track with most things so I was I made it a conscious decision not to not to stress too much over although I did buy one curriculum now that I remember it I did buy the Anki curriculum um because back then I was really into Waldorf <laughs> <laughs> and Enki is kind of a, a um, 
a mesh of Waldorf and a couple other different philosophies. It's kind of like the people online would say that it's like everything great about about Waldorf and none of the weird stuff. Because I, <laughs> I love Waldorf, I really do, but there's some stuff in it that was a little weird for me. So I won't go into that. But <laughs> um, so, but back then I was really into it. So I did buy the Anki curriculum, but I didn't end up using it. <laughs> so <laughs> it was expensive too. Oh, I'm sure we've all done that, right? Bought something and never ended up using it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, so anyway, and then by the time Tyrion was like kindergarten age, I, I already knew that I wasn't going to worry about anything with him. And both of my kids already knew their alphabet when they were like two. And I don't even know how. I really don't. All I can PBS. think of is PBS. Right. I mean, I, rem- I distinctly remember when Maven was like a little over two sitting in the bathtub. And I was like right across the hall from her listening to her, making sure she wouldn't drown. And, <laughs> and she starts singing at the top of her lungs the whole alphabet song and I remember just being shocked like who taught her that like I didn't teach her that I'm like oh Elmo I suppose so yeah so I I, like they know they just knew and Tyrion right around too I remember having magnet letters on the um on the fridge and he one day just started showing me this is a g this is an h this is a l and i was like who taught you that because i never ever sat down and like said this is an l this you know it came up in conversation right i mean it doesn't you can't not and just about every book out there for toddlers has the alphabet in it and some you know there's so many counting and alphabet books like at least half of what you read to them is an alphabet book so they just kind of picked it up from the environment and that was like "Eh," you know so i didn't i didn't have to um worry anything about that but um but I was really mostly wanting them to have lots of play experience lots of social time lots of playing and just exploring their environment and then whatever we do my husband and I and my parents do the same thing we're constantly talking with them whatever we're doing you know driving down the street and we talk about what we see and oh there's a dump truck and you know so that was education all right there so Uh I just didn't structure any of it and but um but yeah so my early years with my kids um up through kindergarten were pretty relaxed. Um, and I, and that was by design. I, I specifically decided I just wasn't going to, I just want, Oh, and I read to them a lot cause I love reading a lot to my kids. And, um, so I, I, I always read a lot, read a lot, played a lot, watched great TV shows, almost always educational stuff. Um, uh-huh. and, um, you know, and then and then at kindergarten level, I started doing a reading curriculum with them, um, which is the book which I absolutely love, which is called "Teach Your Child to Read in a Hundred Easy Lessons." I've used that with both of my kids, and both of them were lear- were like halfway through the book were already reading. So I highly recommend that book. <laughs> and it was like less than twenty bucks on Amazon. You could probably buy it for cheaper if you get it used. And um, and that's all I did with them, basically, until first grade. First grade, I think, is when I started upping the game. But I think he sounded like he wanted to know about the early years, the beginning years. So, so yes. And, and his child is four. Is that correct? Oh, no, that was Catherine's child. Oh, that was um, Catherine's child. Yeah, he never gave me an age, but he said that she's not school age yet. So uh-huh. I, I don't know. I, I got the feeling maybe an infant or a toddler. I'm not sure. He didn't say. But um, I got the feeling really young still. He said he was doing his homework ahead of time. So, which I think that's fabulous that a dad is doing the homework. I know, that's fantastic. <laughs> so, yeah, my husband's like, I don't know any about this stuff. <laughs> He's like, I'll leave it all to you. you know? So, good on you, Jonathan. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, I think that the basic thing that, that Jonathan should take away from this mm-hmm. is that, you know, there's no one right way to do it. Absolutely. 
but there is one right thing that you can do, and that's spending a lot of time with your kid right. and seeing what works with your kid. Exactly. Because nothing that you can do, nothing that you can buy, nothing nothing can take the place of a parent who is there and responsive and yes. and, and there for their child, you yes. know, for whatever it is that they need. Right. And so if your child does really well with, you know, workbooks and flashcards like minded, then sure. do that with them. But yeah. you know, if not that they don't then don't and don't think that your kid's going to get behind or they're not going to be as you know as far along or as smart as other children because you didn't do flashcards or workbooks right right it's just it's a maturity level thing and it's an interest thing and and when they're mm-hmm. that little their interests are more important than absolutely anything else well and 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 play is is a child's work Exactly. It's, it's, you know, I, I remember that being a really, like I mentioned before, I, I went to school for childhood. I got my bachelor's in child development and that's a lot of that stuff I don't remember anymore, <laughs> <laughs> but I do remember really strongly emphasize that because it was early childhood was what we focused on and it was all about the preschoolers and play. It has to be, you know, lots and lots of play time. They need lots of play time. So yeah, that's what I tried to fill my kids early years up with was lots and lots of play and you know you know spending time like you said lots of time spent and it's when you're home with them it's hard not to although the house does get in the way sometimes but it does <laughs> it does but um anyway and then i know lindy on itunes had the question that we mentioned last week about um her autistic son and i'll read what she said again um not the whole thing, but the part where she said, um, I have a special needs son with autism that I would really like to get him more involved in reading. I was wondering if you have any suggestions. So since neither one of us have autistic children, we're not qualified, I don't think, to say. So I went to a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, and asked her, because she's homeschooling an autistic child, and um, and she's also a former school teacher. She yes. actually taught for a number of years in the schools. So she responded, this is what Janelle says, kids with autism will almost always read about their preferred subject. So whatever he likes, I would start there. Then branch out to other titles that may have just a few references to the preferred topic. For example, if they like trains, then read train books like Polar Express. As they grow, they can start reading books like Harry Potter with the introduction that there's a great train scene in the book. Another idea is if they have favorite movies, find the book for it so they can read that, such as the Star Wars series. Mm -hmm. Some boys really like the Captain Underpants series because it's super silly and part of the book is written in comic book style. It all depends on reading level, of course, but just like with typical kids, read to them first until they're able to read on their own. So I thought that was really great and sounded like something that you'd do with all kids, actually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that sounds like what I would do with all children. Sure. So it sounds like it's, there's not necessarily something specific for autistic kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so which got me to thinking about um, talking about d- different ways of inspiring any kid to read. Mm-hmm. And I know for me... Um, I've always done lots of reading aloud. I know that was an issue with you guys. So I think you've done audiobooks too. Yeah, we listen to audiobooks together yeah, as a so family. Yeah, see, that's really awesome. So you can read aloud to them, listen to audiobooks. That's a really, really, both are really great ways and alternate if you want. Yeah, we're listening oh. to Hugo, The Invention of Hugo Cabret right now. Oh. Fantastic audiobook. 
And that's and, not like Hugo from the movie, right? Yeah, it's exactly oh, it is? the same. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. It's I didn't know the that. book that the movie is based on. How awesome! And they're always better as a book. Absolutely, <laughs> and and it, it's so good, and we're enjoying it so much. And it's nice because then the added pressure isn't on me to right. try to read out loud. But at the same time, we're still getting the the whole you know concept of having someone read aloud to you. Absolutely. No, and and nowadays just about everything's on audio. Oh, and so, I get them from the library. Uh-huh. I get I get these things are called playaways. I don't know if you've ever seen them. No, I haven't heard of that. They're a little tiny a little tiny box with buttons. You plug uh-huh. it in, I plug it into my stereo uh in my car just like I do my iPhone and uh push play and it plays the book for me. Huh. I don't even have to like download it to my phone or anything. Oh, that's awesome. I think I saw something like that at the library, but I didn't know what it was. Yeah, it's an oh, audio book. It's, it's a little self-contained, and they're called Playaways. And I don't know if all libraries have them, but our library system definitely has it. and has mm-hmm. a great, I mean, lots and lots and lots of them. And they can be requested just like regular books through the online system. Mm-hmm. And They also have the downloads, too. They do, but then you have to put them on something. Yes, that's true. And so, and if you're if you're space aware like I am, I'm very space aware on my iPhone. And some audiobooks oh, are right. super long. That's true. Plus, I very rarely plug my phone into the computer anymore, so that would you know. <laughs> I know I, I, I don't just, either. <laughs> now that I, I have Wi-Fi. Yeah, I find the playaways to just be so much easier, and I can you know, I can send them with Dad if Dad's taking them on a drive somewhere oh, long. Awesome. You know, he can just take it, stick it in his car, plug it in, and they can listen to it in his so car. So it plugs too. it to the car too. Well, it plugs in anywhere. There's a headphone jack. Oh, how interesting. So, like, I have a thing in my car, and Dean has a thing in his car to plug his iPhone in so that we can listen to music. Oh, that's awesome. I need and that. it plugs into the same thing. Hmm. Very cool. Yeah, and then um, the the our local libraries, like I said, have, have downloads also. So for, so for those those who want to download it to, like, an MP3 player or something like that, if you have – if your local library has – um, you know, this, the, it seems like most li- libraries nowadays, although I'm sure there's still states out there that don't have the technology that we have. We're here in California and in Fresno. We've got an excellent library system and everything's online. And you can download, um, you know, you can order everything online. But then there's also this, there's a whole bunch of resources on the we- the library website that I still haven't dug fully into. And I've only just, I think only once have I checked out one of the downloads. Yeah. I don't understand why they make you wait, though. They still make you wait. Like if you're hold, if you want to put a book on hold, that's a download. You still have to wait until the last person's done with it, which that's, is really silly. It's actually a, it's a publisher thing. The publisher is it? Yeah, they buy a light. The light. I was just reading about this on Neil Gaiman's website. You know oh, Neil Gaiman? No, <laughs> I don't. Oh no, Neil Gaiman. Oh my gosh, he's one of the best authors <laughs> of our time. Oh, okay. um, in fact, the children and I listened to the audio book of his called The Graveyard Book. It was fabulous. Hmm. Um, I highly recommend him. He's gotten lots of Newbery awards. Anyways, Neil Gaiman, who's an awesome human being and married mm-hmm. to Amanda Palmer who is my hero right at the moment okay. um, he posted on his website someone asked him about that how he felt about that and it's, it's a publisher thing the libraries buy a license for the book and the license comes with an, a number of how many people can have that particular ebook checked out at a time oh. and so and since when you check an ebook out I don't know how that works with like Nook and stuff but for my Kindle when I check out a book on my Kindle I have to ch- go through the library and then through Amazon to check the book out because the, the license is through Amazon oh. for the library. And so Amazon keeps track of how many people have that, cop- that book out that, through that library and how many licenses they have, and they only allow that many. Oh. Hmm. 
yeah, it's really kind of, I, I find it kind of silly too, just the way you, you're saying, but at yeah. the same time, I understand it because yeah. they're trying to keep a rein in on this whole right. ebook thing because this right. ebook thing could go very badly very quickly very much yeah and so whereas i don't like having to wait for my ebooks i i, I appreciate i understand and i i just love the fact that i can get my ebooks from the library and i don't have to buy them so i'm not going to complain too much <laughs> and then ebooks are also nice for grown-ups also just like podcasts when you because you can listen while you're doing the dishes and going shopping and whatnot so audiobooks yeah i love that yeah the audiobooks right oh i said ebooks i meant audiobooks yeah, yeah i had said ebooks but ebooks yes. and audiobooks, the, the licensing works the same way i see and then um the other thing that uh that works really well of course that um Janelle mentioned is uh, finding a series that interests them. Yes. Oh my gosh, that you just said that that's happened recently with Danielle, didn't it? It did. Yeah, with the Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Yeah, and you know what? I have a, fun, a what I well, I always think think it's a it's a kind of a funny story. Um, when Maven was, uh, gosh, how old was she? Eight, maybe? I'm not sure. Seven or eight? She might have been eight or nine. No, I'm not sure. Somewhere around eight. It was several years <laughs> ago. So was that would have been four years ago? So. Or almost four years. Yeah, that's about right. All of her friends that we hang out with were all reading Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. They were all deep into Harry Potter. And, and um, she was, well, first of all, that that's a whole other side thing. I actually reject things when they're popular. I like them after they're no longer popular. So I was rejecting Harry Potter at the time. You hipster. I know. <laughs> I knew I'd like it eventually, but, uh, but I was rejecting it. Anyway, so I wasn't reading it aloud to her because I was waiting until she was older. Uh, and the fury had died down. Um, <laughs> but anyway, the point was that her friends were all reading Harry Potter, which is advanced. I mean, that's oh, yeah. they're thick books, and the words are not simple. You know, it's not hard per se, but it's you know that's an advanced book for an eight-year-old. That's 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 meaty reading. Oh yeah, and she wasn't even interested in like the simplest books. She she could read. She was capable of it, but because she wasn't practicing, because she wasn't um, doing a lot of reading on her own, and I couldn't I couldn't figure out how to get her interested in reading at the time, and I was really really disappointed because like I said I was a huge bookworm and I really wanted that for her because I remembered how fun and how enjoyable yes. that was and there's an airplane going over my house I hope it's not drowning me out can I you can hear, hear it? you I can hear you but I can also hear the airplane <laughs> yes I am in a flight zone um, <laughs> <laughs> it adds ambiance <laughs> um, anyway I took I know <laughs> anyway I took her to borders one day and uh, on one of many missions to find something that would interest her. And so far I had not, I had been striking out and we stumbled around in the um, early reader section, you know, the little skinny, the early chapter oh, yeah, yeah. books, not the really super simple ones, but the little mini young, young readers, chapter books, like the rainbow magic fairies, those series. Oh yeah. Yeah. And in that area, there was a whole series called the magic kitten. Oh. And and then there was also a magic carousel horse also. So she picked up one of each of those. And um, I was showing her, oh, look at this, look at this, look at this. So she picks up the magic kitten book and she opens it up and she starts reading it. And so then I'm like, oh, what about this? And, what? and she's like, shh, I'm uh -huh. reading, mom. Like, seriously, like, I was like over the moon because she just like freaked out on me. She's like, I'm reading, mom. And she would not put it down. And she literally walked around the store for the rest of our visit with her nose in this book and I'm like that's it we're buying it <laughs> so I bought like the first three and then we checked the library for more in the future and yeah, I yeah. Think read one of those There's like a black kitten on the front yeah, of the it's, yeah it's it's a series about an alien from another planet who they're actually wild cats I guess and they can turn themselves 
into other forms of cats or something. And so he's like in danger in his home planet and he comes to earth and he disguises himself as a kitten. Uh-huh. So, and each, I don't know actually, cause I never read any of them, but I don't know actually if, uh, if it's the same kit, it's a different looking kitten in each book. And I think it's a different girl in each book that, but I think it might be the same character just changed into a different kitten. I'm not sure I'd have to ask me even, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, turns out it's the same author as the rainbow magic fairy series except she uses a different name ah so no wonder she ended up liking the rainbow magic fairy series later she read like all of those and then there's also the magic puppy series which is the same idea as the kitten except it's like a wolf-like character from another planet (laughs) and he turns himself into a puppy i'm like oh how original are they as as horrifically formulated as the magic treehouse books yes they are (laughs) this would be twaddle (laughs) we made it to five magic treehouse books before i finally went because we of course were listening to them on audiobook uh and i i made it through five before I went. I can't read. I can't listen to these anymore. They're, these yeah. are obnoxious. It, it's hard, but I do like how that brings up lots of different historical and literary. Yes, themes. that part is but, awesome. The rest of it, not awesome. Yeah, yeah. So that would be Charlotte Mason Twaddle. <laughs> but I do but have to say, there's a place moved, for it. <laughs> we we, we move directly from that Twaddle right to I think the Graveyard Book by Neil Gaiman. Ooh, so awesome. we made a huge leap in our our literary listenings um, when I decided I couldn't listen to the. <laughs> formulaic, formulaic chapter books anymore. Right. I decided if they wanted to list, if they wanted that kind of twaddle, they needed to read it themselves. Sure, and well, that's important because they need to see the words. It's good for them to listen to the words, but at some point, they need to actually be seeing the words as well, so that yes. they can recognize them. Yes. So yeah. So and actually, I I heard recently. I never thought of it. There are people actually. That's right. It was at our charter. They put the books next to the audiobooks sometimes, and they recommend having the kid reading along with it. Yeah, no, we did that with um, we did that with the Magic Treehouse books. That's brilliant. I never thought of that before. I always thought one or the other, but putting them both together, brilliant. Because now they're hearing it and seeing it, and that would really, I think, that would be a really good way to to help kids get more comfortable with reading as well. Yeah, we stopped we stopped doing that when we started listening to the big, huge, you know, thousand page novel, right? (laughs) Harry Potter, yeah. And uh, what do we just Percy? We just listened to Percy Jackson, and yeah, we he, haven't done those yet, but I've heard great things about those. We just listened to the first one, and then Hugo and Danielle really wanted to listen to Hugo Cabrera, so we got that one. But then we're going to go back to Percy Jackson as soon as we're done with. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we listened to another great one too um, that the teacher at the charter recommended. It was um, by the Great Horn Spoon. Hmm. And the reason that one was awesome is it wasn't just a guy sitting there reading to you; it was like a radio play. Oh, neat. There were characters and sound effects and oh, everything. Neat. It was really quite awesome. Wow, that, is, that does sound awesome. I recommend that one. Uh, by the Great Horn Spoon by Sid Fleshman, I think is his last name. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it was a fantastic book. The kids and I really enjoyed it. And it just happened that right at that time we were studying about um, California's history and the gold rush. <laughs> oh, there you go. So it kind of went together because it was a story about a boy who comes from, with his butler, comes from Boston and to San Francisco to go and hunt for gold. Oh, neat. Yeah. That's so. very cool. I was just thinking another source for audiobooks that's great is LibriVox. Have you guys ever used that? I haven't. Yeah, it's free. Um, it's like, um, oh, what is the term? Um, I want to say, I want to say open source. That's not what it's called. Something like that. I can't remember. Anyway, it's it's um, public um, domain. That's what it is, public domain. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's books that are in the public domain. Lots of old classics and whatnot um, that um, people, just normal people, 
read them and record it themselves. Uh-huh. And some of the books have multiple readers for it. And not all of them are good because some people read it in a really boring way. But yeah. um, but there are some really good ones there too. And I've heard that in a lot of times on some of the um, groups online, like a lot of the Yahoo groups I'm on, you can ask people for a recommendation of, you know, like they'll mention, oh, I listened to this version of this book on LibriVox and it was really, really good. You know, you can get recommendations because some of the, some of the people on there are not great, like I said, but you know, if it's not, especially if you don't have the money to buy the audiobook, which the audiobooks are a lot more expensive than the regular books. Um, a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, if you don't have the money or your library doesn't have it, if you can find it on LibriVox, that's, that's another option and it's free. So <laughs> that's a good idea. So we'll put that link in there too. But another point that I know is a big one for you is this last one here that you make it a point to let them see you reading for pleasure. Yes. I make sure that I, I, well, because I am an avid reader, I, I mean, I'm not just like posing. I, I really am sitting there curled up in the corner of the couch reading. Um, if I'm not reading, I'm usually reading at least two books at any given time, one on my Kindle and one, you know, regular book. And, um, I let the kids see me reading all the time. Right. um, Because I think that's a good way to let them see that reading is an important use of your time. Absolutely. Um, I know I grew up with a a dad who never would read and my mom who always had her nose in a book. So I kind of had both worlds there. And obviously I went towards my mom's way. (laughs) Yeah, Both of my parents were readers. So um, I think that that had an effect on me seeing my parents read. And I know I I used to, and I I think I need to get back to doing it again. When Danielle first started reading, I would take time and I would say, let's sit and read. And and her, she'd sit on one end of the couch and I'd sit on the other and we'd have our books and we would read. And, um, it was like not structured time, you know, she didn't have Mm -hmm. to read anything specific or do any reports or anything. It was just time that we could just sit together and read our own individual books. Sure. But be together. Yeah, I've actually been wanting to do that because I know some people have like a reading time during the day. And I've always meant to do that and I just never did. And before, Tyrion always wanted me to read to him, of course. And so it kind of made it hard because I couldn't read if I had to read to him. Right. Um, And then Maven had a hard time reading if I was reading aloud to Tyrion. So now that he's actually getting to the point where he's able to read more, he can pick up picture books and and the early reader books. And he he does pretty good. Mm -hmm. And... um, uh, I think I think it might be time to start something like that. That sounds like a lot of fun. And actually, I know we have talked about this before. I got so completely off of reading. I always was a huge book bookworm growing up, and even as a young adult. And um, I got off of it because you know, once I became a mom, I just didn't have as much time. When they were babies and nursing, I would I was always having a book. But oh, yeah. you know, once I got to the point where they were you know <laughs> moving around and needed more attention, and didn't sleep so much. Um, then yeah the books kind of fell by the wayside and at one point I felt like if I had time to read I had to be reading something that I was learning I really got stuck on that for a while and then my Ah. brother said to me you know you need to do it just for fun sometimes and he absolutely and 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 he's like he's younger than me but he's always been so much more wise I've always (laughs) looked like almost looked up to him as he's my younger brother but I look up to him like a big brother and he's like an amazing person and so when he said that it like struck me and so because I was telling him how I never read fiction at that point that I never read fiction anymore and he was like no you need to because that's important too and absolutely really I kind of see it right now as kind of that's a kind of a feeding your soul kind of thing you know especially if you if you like for me I don't I don't care for books that have dark 
you know, themes to them. Um, but that's just me personally. I know some people really love, my brother loves that kind of stuff. Oh, my I mom read, loves that kind of stuff. I read a ton of, I read horror novels. Yeah. See, I don't like that, but that's me, you know? And so for me, I have to have like a happy ending kind of thing. <laughs> you know, it has to always be, you know, not just like I've read a couple of Stephen King's and I just couldn't get past the feeling that it left in me. Like, <laughs> it was good, but it was like, Ugh. so for me, I have to find the ones that, you know, like, mm, I really like this. So, yeah. So I, I recently, you and I, were talking about this and I was like you know what that is so I totally forgot about the fact that the kids need to see me reading too like they'll see me plugged in listening to an audiobook but that's not helping them love reading because they don't know what I'm listening to exactly so, you know so yeah so I'm going to make it a point to um, actually I have recently been ma- making a point I actually borrowed a couple of books recently and I haven't cracked them yet but I will hey. <laughs> um, start reading more just around the house to to um, to help with that aspect of encouraging my kids to read by watching me read. So, uh, well, Maven doesn't really need any encouragement right now, but I'd like, <laughs> like to still continue the, they always need encouragement. Sure. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm really, really hoping that both of them end, end up loving reading as much as I always have. So, yeah, that's my hope too, for my kids that, that they'll love reading as much as I do. Well, yeah. And once they know how to read, they can do anything. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that, I figure if nothing else, I taught them to read, they can do anything. Like Even if I, I suck at all the other subjects, they can read. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So. Well, hopefully that answered Lindy's question. Yeah. Um, if if um, there was anything more specific that, um, that you had, Lindy, that you needed, um, please let us know. Um, and hopefully that gave you at least a little bit of an overview on how to get your son, son involved in reading. Mm-hmm. And um, Tina, I think you had a review for us, don't you? I did. Moving from reading to math. Math, yes. Um, I've mentioned before that we use the Math Mammoth series. Yes. And I just wanted to talk a little bit more about it because I just can't say enough about it. I really love this series. Um, the website is mathmammoth.com. And I love that it's inexpensive. <laughs> you can you can buy you can buy um the whole set but you can also buy it all individually and that's what before I joined what put the charter which my charter uh, my homeschool charter actually has the whole math mammoth series and and so I get it for free now um it still was something that I had been using before that I had used mm-hmm. some of it beforehand because it's so inexpensive to buy because they're sold as pdf files you can buy it on a cd also if you want you can buy um, the books on cd but they're they're downloadable most of the you can actually buy them printed also i have i have links um that i'll put in the notes to um you can buy them printed on lulu.com and rainbow resource which is a huge online um uh, resource for homeschool and if you get the catalog, it's enormous. <laughs> have you ever yes. seen the catalog? Oh, I oh have my seen God. the catalog. It's like three inches thick. It's huge or more. <laughs> but And their website is filled. Anyway, you can get them there. That's the printed ones. And to download it, you can go to mathmammoth.com, and there's links to take you to the sites to download it um, at, at Kagi, um, which they have the links there, or at Kerklick, which is all, another resource, which is fabulous. Love Kerklick. Kerklick has all kinds of downloadable files that you can use for every topic you could possibly imagine plus they also have um they have a lot of webinar classes that you do and i've done their lego club before with my kids which is fabulous and free (laughs) that was a little side note but math mammoth um very inexpensive and really well organized um their work texts which mean 
they have both a textbook and the work all in one book. Um, so it's like in a workbook format. I'm like using my hands again, like you can see. <laughs> and um, so it's, you know, it's, it looks like a workbook, but when you like each section is section, the beginning of it explains fully, very clearly what it is that you're going to do and why you're going to do it. And what I really like about her stuff is that, um, it's self-teaching. You can just hand it to your child to do it. Of course, I always make myself available when either one. Well, with Tyrion, he's younger. I had to kind of walk him through it because he was he's not reading well enough yet to where he can read the instructions. But oh, right. for your older child, you really could hand it to them and they could just do it. And, of course, check in when they need help, that kind of thing. But um, it's written so that the student can understand every concept themselves and not only that but she breaks it down I don't remember it ever being taught this way when I went to school so I think that she breaks it down differently than what you normally see in your typical like math textbook I I, I don't know what technique she's using I actually sent her an email recently to find out where the basis of this is coming from because she she's got videos on her website and Uh they um she's got a very strong accent so I'm and I can't place the accent so I don't know where she's from and I don't know if this this style is coming from another country or if it's, I, I get the impression she's an American homeschooler now because she talks about it being in line with state standards or, or that some of it is not in line with state standards and details, which parts are not um, so that, you know, in case that's something that's irre- that's relevant. And she specifically mentions California. So I wonder if she's actually in California. I didn't uh, get a response back from her yet. So, um, but uh um, so I'm not sure where the full, what the, you know, what the actual educational philosophy is behind it, but I really like the way that she breaks everything down and she has, you know, like when she talks about division, she starts with pictures. So like, if you don't have manipulatives, she says it's kind of like visual manipulatives because she'll have like a whole bunch of like little cartoon cows or whatever. And she'll say, break the group into threes and put a circle around, um, the three, you know, put a circle around every three cows and then tell me how many groups there are. And that's, you know, and then it'll say like 12 divided by three equals, you know, and they fill in the four, you know, that kind of thing. Uh Um, And does that for a little while to make sure that they understand the real concept of division and then moves it on to the next step, to the next step, to the next step, till they're finally doing it where it's just the numbers and they're, you know, she starts off with pictures first and explaining why it, it is the way it is. And I don't remember learning the why division works the way it does. Right. At least I don't remember it. Of course, it was a long time ago. But anyway, I really, really like that about this. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and they go through, it goes through very thoroughly, I think. Um, not to the point where it's getting tedious, but it's like Tyrion's um, level. He's in the first grade book and Maven's in uh, finishing up the third grade book and will be going into the fourth grade book any day now. Um, and Tyrion's is um, a lot of learning, just a lot of repetition because, you know, he's just learning. So his is a lot of repetition of, of doing, um, you know, like one section will be just the numbers that add up to six. And so he's doing a lot of the addition, which I think that's kind of standard. I think they do yeah. that a lot. Um and, but so in his in the earlier levels it didn't seem quite as different to me but in Maven's levels in the third grade and up it seems really different to me and it goes all the way up from its um, grade first through sixth they do um, up through six so I don't know what we'll do after six but it does go up through algebra one uh-huh. and then I believe that she's still adding more so it is possible it may end up 
expanding in the future. I don't really know that for a fact, but I'm guessing because as when I started using it till now, I've noticed she's adding stuff on. So, um, so she has, um, she has printed books, which are black and white, but if you get the downloadable, it's full color. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's no separate teaching manual needed. All the instructions are right in it. Um, she has several different series. The light blue series is a full work text with cur- complete curriculum by grade level. And this is another thing I really like about it because then she also has the blue series, which is also the full work text, um, which are all the same materials in the light blue series, except it's organized by topics. So when I want to do clocks with my kids, I just went and I got from our school, I got the clocks book uh-huh. and I just did clocks. And now that's the same that's mixed in with whatever level they have those clocks. I think it's, I think it's actually in first grade. Um, so when we got to that point, we skipped that point cause we'd already done it, but it was coming up in our life and it seemed relevant. So I went and got it and Maven needed a refresher and Tira needed to be taught it. So, um, I just went and got the clocks book. So like, if there's something that you're not doing, you know, the kids are struggling with, or, you know, you're using another math curriculum and you want to be able to supplement, you can just go and get like just addition. There's like addition. I think it's addition one and two and like subtraction one and two. I'm not sure exactly how she breaks those up, but I know that there's like separation of just addition, just sub subtraction, just multiplication, just division. You can like get them all separate. Um, and uh, and just work on that. I think there's just fractions and there's just algebra. And so they break it down. So if you want to get it by grade level, you can. Or you can get it by subject and just work in that subject, uh-huh. which I thought was really cool. Um, so those uh, the light blue series and the blue series are both full work texts, complete curriculum by grade level. Uh, I'm sorry, light blue is grade level. Blue is organized by topics. And then she now has which was new to me when I went to the website. I had never heard of it before. Um, She now has the golden series and the green series, which are a worksheet collection. And those are the same. It's the same work that's in the other series, but there's no explanation. So if you have a kid that's already knows how to do addition, subtraction, whatever, this would be like the, the, the worksheets to just do the work with no explanation. It's just the exercise and the problems. And that's from grade three through algebra one. Um, and so the golden series is, is by grade. And then the green series is the worksheet collection by subject. Same as the blue, except it's just the worksheets. So, okay. so you have different options there if you want that. Um, they also have packages so that you can get, like, if you wanted the complete series, you can get it as a discounted package. It's cheaper if you buy it as a package, uh-huh. as a set. I think that's how our school bought it as well. Because you can buy, I think it's like a hundred and something to get, like, everything. And that's what they have. And then they just print it up. Actually, they, I think they send the files to the printers and print it up. And then they have stacks of the books already printed and bound. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like the gummy, you know, binding. Because right. it's just like a worksheet thing where you tear them off. And, um, and then so um, uh, or you can get it as a download. Okay. And then you can print it as you go which is really nice because some of the pages you don't necessarily need to print because like some at the beginning of each section, it's just an explanation. Uh, there's like lists of resources, oh, website, right, right. websites and, and books and other things you can use for supplements. So you don't necessarily need to print that up. So you just kind of, you know, go by what pages you need to print. So that was really cool. Um, if you're starting off with them and you're not sure what level to do, especially if you haven't really stuck with a grade level, like, um, like I was initially, with Maven, I didn't really, I was just kind of d- going forward with this other curriculum that was a different, it kind of had a different setup than your standard math. It didn't go by the standards. Uh-huh. Um, 
it was a, like a Montessori math. So, um, it was different. So, um, I didn't really know which level to start her at also because I had dropped off at one point and I didn't have as, you know, she wasn't even up to level on that curriculum. So I had to do the, the te- placement test and then that there's like a placement test you can do online and I'll put a link in the show notes that will help you figure out what level to start with, with your kids. Um, and then there's also a tour available, um, on the website that you can, um, that you can get via email. So if you sign up, you put your email in there, they'll give you like over the course of however many days, they'll email you like a kind of a, an email tour of, of the curriculum. So you can get a chance. And then they give you, it's like a set of, I think 300 worksheets, and you could actually just use those <laughs> at least initially because it's a ton of stuff. Um, although it does it go it does go across different levels as I re, as as I recall it. I haven't looked at it in a while, um, but it'll give you an idea of what the curriculum's like as well if you want to mm-hmm. see what that's like. But you know, I think that each book is like thirteen dollars or something like that. Um, you do have to keep buying more books as you go along, but you know you can pick and choose, and it just gives you a lot of different. Um, options which is really really nice i think yeah anyway i think it's really a great great curriculum math mammoth and um i i can't say enough about it my kids have have both really liked it and i i know if you're not into like i was never was into workbooks or worksheets i never thought i was until Mm -hmm. i started schooling my kids and they're into them (laughs) so they like them and these are you know they may be kind of dry to look at at first, except the, you know, when they're first introducing concepts, they use more pictures and such. But, um, I don't know. It's just the way that it's worded and the way that it's set up. It's just, I, I found it to be really interesting. I, I really liked it. And Maven, when I gave her at, at one point, she was struggling with math earlier this year. Um, I had tried several different curriculums trying to figure out which one would work best for her and help her to keep moving forward and she told me she did not want anything to do with the online curriculum anymore she just wanted to do the workbooks so I said okay fine so that's where we're at right now what you gotta do yeah so math mammoth pretty cool sounds Uh, like a great plan I'm gonna take a look at it yeah that's what I've been recommending to you I, I think I think it's definitely worth a look at so excellent well, that's we've we've gone quite a while now. <laughs> we have. <laughs> I think we've pretty much covered everything we meant to cover. I think so. Well, if you like our show, please leave us a review on iTunes and tell your friends all about us. You can also follow us on Twitter at Savvy Homeschool, one word, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Savvy Homeschool Moms. To leave us a voicemail message with your questions or comments, call 559 426 6670. And for links to any resources that we shared on this episode or to view notes on all of our shows, you can visit us on the web at savvyhomeschoolmoms.com. And you can also find Becky on the web at beckytatro.com. And I can be found on the web at homeschoolrealm.com. And the spellings are on our website. Excellent. Well, goodbye, everybody. Thanks for joining us for show number five. Hope you have a great week and come back and take a break with us again next weekend. Bye. Bye. This episode of the Savvy Homeschool Moms podcast was brought to you by PowerGrammo Skype Recorder, the perfect tool for Skype recording, podcasting, and online journalism and more. Visit them on the web at PowerGrammo.com. That's P-O-W-E-R-G-R-A-M-O dot com.